This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. All right. Thank you, ladies. And we are in Matthew chapter 5. And we are blessed. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Truly blessed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to You in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are truly blessed and we do want to give You thanks. Lord, we want to honor You. Lord, uh, for Your care for us, for Your provision for us. Lord, mercy, grace, undeserved. Uh, Lord, we're thankful. Thankful for salvation. Thankful for Your Word. Thank You, Lord, that You uh, have not hidden Your will from us, but You've made it known. You've made it accessible. And Lord, uh, not only that, but You also provide the power, the enablement for us to do what You would have us to do. Father, we ask uh, that You would bless this time together tonight. Bless the proclamation of Your Word. Bless the hearing of it. Lord, may, uh, may it have its intended effect. May, may our lives be uh, changed by the truth of Your Word. For our good, for Your glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. We're going to look tonight at verse 5, um, Matthew 5, 5. Let me, let me start again in verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let me let me give a couple of uh, illustrations here that I, that I hope will be helpful. Um, years ago, um, we had uh, two horses given to us, and I've always liked horses, like fooling with them. Not not real knowledgeable, you know, but I just like just like horses. 
Uh, and uh, so when we when we received the horses, we uh, we actually it was two horses and a donkey. But uh, <clears throat> but uh, there's, there's not a lot you. Can, I mean, well, I guess there is a lot you can do with a donkey. There's not a lot that we could do with a donkey. Okay, we just we just enjoyed. Uh, enjoyed having it. This this particular donkey had no bad habits, and Daniel and Joshua were small at the time, and they they climbed all over it and had a great time. Um, but the horses, we you know we we wanted to uh, learn what we could. We tried tried to learn what we could. We wanted to uh, uh, to really work with them. Tried to spend some time with them. And uh, I remember watching this one guy. His name I think was uh, I know his last name was Lion. L-Y-O-N, I believe. Uh, I'm forgetting his first name. Uh, but at any rate, uh, if you're, if you're interested, you can Google it and, you know, just lion horse trainer. Um, but, uh, he, he's amazing. Just amazing with horses. And, and, uh, of course, you know, you can't, it's, it's kind of like those things you watch sometimes. They don't, don't try, don't try this at home. I mean, you can't, you can't watch an expert do something and you walk out and do it. But there are certain things that you can pick up, you know, and, and, you, and you can begin to uh, begin to uh, uh, implement and use. And but his, his main thing was, uh, he, you know, he didn't he didn't break horses. He 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 gentled horses. He was a horse whisperer. This before Robert Redford, you know, um, or anybody like that. Before the dog whisperer came along. I mean, and he's the real deal. This guy's the real deal. Uh, and 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 he learned it from one of these old old. Cowboys from way back, but uh, and he's a Christian uh, too, by the way. <clears throat> but he 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 gentled horses, and he was amazing. With this one lecture that we watched, just just one example, he they they brought in this really problematic young uh, stallion and uh, put it in a round pen with him, and and he's basically lecturing. So and you know we're watching a video of it. Of his lecture, where he's giving all this information about how to train horses. Well, I, did, I didn't realize that not only is he standing there lecturing, telling us, you know, and the crowd that was actually there, how to train horses, but he was actually doing it that moment because horses will pretend to ignore you, uh, and uh, you know they they won't look at you. They'll they'll look away. I mean, it's it's just there's a lot of body language that they use to show that um, you know. I'm I'm not submitting to you, you know. There's a lot of, a lot of they keep their back to you and that kind of thing. So the whole time he's talking, he's doing this lecture. You know, this horse is just kind of in the background. And like I say, at first we're not realizing what's going on. Other people probably weren't either. And this horse is just kind of you know walking around, standing around, sniffing stuff. But this guy lectures for a pretty good while. I don't know, probably was at least an hour. And little by little, this horse in the background is getting closer. And closer and closer until he's until he's right up to him, you know, trying to trying to sniff of him. Well, that's what this guy was doing all along. He's 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 making the horse approach him instead of him approach, approaching the horse. So that's the reason he would do his lecture like he did, so he could stand right there in the middle of that pen and make that horse come to him. It was an amazing thing. And then he he went through all kind kinds of uh, uh, different scenarios on how to do stuff like that. Of course, you know, with him being expert and all, by, by the end of like a couple hours, he's on the thing, riding it, and, and uh, now, you know, that doesn't work for everybody, but I mean, he, he was, he's on it, riding it around the pen, making it do what he wants it to do, this horse that nobody else could ride. 
But, like I say, we were able to glean certain things. So I had this, I had this, uh, uh, and, and, if, and if you know anything about horses, you'll know what I'm talking about here. We had a gelding that thought it was a stallion because it was, he was gelded late. And, uh, and uh, he wasn't even a big horse. He was a small horse, as horses go. But uh, he thought he was a big horse, and he thought he was the, the biggest and the baddest, you know. And he, he, he was... He was uh, Full of him, of himself. You know, we were talking about being poor in spirit. He was not poor in spirit. <laughs> he was, he was the antithesis of poor in spirit. So I, I began, you know, wanting to do the right thing. I began to try to, to implement some of these things and was amazed to find that they work. That they work. Um, just, just one example. And this is one of the things the guy had talked about. And I mean, anybody can try this. Put, put your hand on the back of a horse's neck. And see what he does. Immediately he'll rear his head up like that. Again, it's body, it's all body language designed to show you that he's at the top of the pecking order and he's not going to submit to you. And so this is one of those things that the guy works on and looks for until eventually he can put his, lay his hand on the back of that horse's neck and the horse actually drops his head. That's a sign of submission. And as I mentioned earlier, one is that they won't face you. They they know you they that you want their attention and all that, so they so they purposely you know turn their their back to you. So I I took uh, this horse that we had, um, and got him in in a our stall, which the one side of it was completely open. It had three walls, so I'm standing on the side that's completely open, and I you know I go up to him and. You know, just walk up behind him, and I, 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 I forget exactly what I did. Called him or something, you know, a little that kind of thing, whatever. And so, what's he do? What they do? You know, he he totally ignores me, <laughs> and he's he's facing the other way, munching on something or whatever. And so, I just because uh, uh, this was the kind of thing that the guy was talking about. I I just and I've seen some of this in action. I I worked for a, a, a horse trainer for a short period of time when I was a teenager. Saw some of this. In action too, but uh, so this horse just totally ignores me. So I just pretended, uh, basically, uh, like I was going to kill him at that moment. I never laid a hand on him, but but I mean a lot of yelling, screaming, waving my arms, and that kind of thing. And I'm in the the open area, so I'm not giving him anywhere to go. And that six, seven hundred pound horse, whatever he was, um, is all over up against the walls and everything. He's just uh, well, you know, as we say, freaking out, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and I just did that for a few seconds and then I backed off. And after he calmed down a little bit, you know, he's breathing real hard and all that kind of thing. And I never laid a hand on him. And he's breathing real hard and then, and then he just goes back and faces the wall. So I gave him a minute or two. And I, I do the same thing, you know. A little repetition here is what it always takes. And I don't remember how many times we did this. But of course, the same thing. He ignores me. And so I just went crazy again, you know, yelling, waving my hands, all that kind of thing. He's all over the stall thinking, you know, it's the end of the world or somebody's going to kill him or whatever. And uh, we went through this again. I don't remember how many times. It was several times until finally, one time, I'm telling you, it worked. I backed off. I mean, you know, I'm still at the edge of the stall, but I mean, I just I quit yelling, quit waving my arms. And, and, he, and he stopped. And he turned around and he dropped his head and came right to me. And what he's saying at that point is, 
you're the boss. Because horses have a pecking order. And that's how they, this, this was this trainer's whole philosophy. This is, this is how they deal with each other, how horses deal with each other. And he, and he was saying, 95% of the time, um, they never make contact, you know, among their little herd in establishing pecking order. 95% of the time, they never make contact. It's, it's, it's body language, you know, threat, that kind of thing. And, and one horse getting it into the, all the other horses' head that I'm the boss. And then, and then the others, I mean, if they accept that, they submit. And if they don't, of course, then they have to establish <laughs> that they're the boss. And they've got to convince everybody that they're at the top of the pecking order. Well, that's, that's a, just an illustration to illustrate uh, submission. Meekness. And I would do the same thing with this horse, you know, work with his, you know, put, put my hand on the back of his head and just leave it there. You know, and you could feel him stiffen it up. And by the way, it, 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 it helped me understand, really, uh, what the Lord meant when he said to Israel, you're a stiff-necked people. That's, that's exactly what he's talking about. You know, you resist. You resist my will. And so when I, when I place my hand on the horse's neck, wanting him to drop his head, you know, maybe you're going to put the bridle on or whatever, and you, you put your hand up there to get him to drop his head, and he does like this, you know. He's resisting my will. And so that was another thing I would work with him on, just keep my hand up there, you know, and, and like I say, you established that, uh, that, that you're in charge. And eventually they just, you know, they just submit to what you want them to do. So then if you come out there to put the bridle on, you don't have a fight. You know, they, they just they just stand there with their head in place, or they even just drop it right there where you can get to it, and you slip the bridle on and go. At that point, they are submitted. I remember, uh, and this is one reason I like to use that illustration. We, we were talking about this passage in our Thursday morning breakfast one time years ago, and talking about the word meek and, you know... I, of course, in the world, a lot of times people relate it to weakness. And this is one reason this was such a uh, shocking statement, because this would have been the case in the uh, Greco-Roman world as well. They, they, meekness was not considered a virtue. It, it's, it's considered weakness. So for Jesus to tell the Jews in this culture that uh, it's a good thing, you know, blessed are those who meek, who are who are meek? Blessed are the meek. Um, it's it's a different mindset that he's presenting than than the culture, and the same is true today. <clears throat> Meekness is not thought of as a virtue, as a good thing, and people have all kinds of ideas about it. Like I say, uh, some equate it with weakness, and even uh, in the Christian circles, you know, you hear different definitions. So we were talking about that. What is what does the word mean? And uh, I remember R.F. Gates uh, saying what the word means, uh, and, and uh, R.F. was pretty good at Greek. <laughs> he was pretty good at it. Um, he said, what, what the word means uh, is saddle broke. Saddle broke. So the picture, and you know, it's just like we've talked about before, uh, Konea Greek, which is... The language the New Testament is written in is a, is a picture language. There are a lot of things there that you can't bring over into English 
merely through translation. You've got to have some explanation with it because our because our, our language just doesn't have this kind of capability. Um, so at any rate, in our explanation, he, he said, the word means saddle broke. So the picture is stallion, right? Like like you see in the movies or something, Mustang, you know, stallion. And man, he's he's in fact we use that word, don't we? Uh, spirited. So so full of spirit, full of himself. If we were gonna. Uh, especially if we're going to apply it to human beings, full of myself. But Jesus says, blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are, happy are, the saddle broke. In other words, by saddle broke, the suggestion is, uh, the picture is, one that's been brought into submission. You've got a, a, a headstrong, rebellious creature Stiff-necked creature that's been brought into submission. So, like when I first walk up to the stall, you know, the first few rounds, and I, I call the horse, and you know, we have to go through our little thing, and that, he's just—he's rebelling, is what he's doing. He knows when I first walk up there. The horses, the horses always knew when we first walk up there that you, we're wanting their attention. And, and so they they want to try that, you know. They want they want they want to push the limits on that. So they they ignore. But after going through the scenario I described a few moments ago, he he becomes submissive, meek, meek, and that's the idea here. Humble, humility, um, submissiveness, submissive to the will of another is the way. The way I would say it. That's the idea behind Saddlebroke. Now, let me just relate something. You probably heard me say this before, but it, but I just relate this to my own experience um, in in the world uh, because it, it, it relates well. I was full of myself, and I think everybody is. Uh, everybody. I know this sounds. This probably doesn't sound like a politically correct thing to say, but. But we're talking spiritually here. We're not, I'm not saying that uh, you don't meet nice lost people. I mean, from a human perspective. I mean, there, there, there are nice people out there. But we're talking spiritually here. And I think everybody outside of Christ is full of themselves. And, and what Jesus is describing here as being the characteristics of the children of the kingdom, they're poor in spirit. So they're not full of self. They're not self-reliant. They mourn, and we talked about this morning how a big part of that is mourning over your, your own sin because of your poverty of spirit. That leads you to mourning over your own sin. And they're meek. There's, there's no self-assertion. Like, like this horse is trying to do, you know, to me. Um, that's gone. And, and you're, you're brought into submission to the will of another. Now, in my own case, um, um, that, that, was, that was me. I mean, I was rebellious, full of self. And, and one way to describe that, you don't, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be traveling 
the country, you know, committing all kinds of violent crimes and, and, and uh, you know, uh, running from the police and going in and out of prison. You don't have to be doing all that. That's, that's one man. You know, that, that's, it does manifest that way. But you could be a perfectly morally, uh, again, from, the, from, from a human perspective, morally upright person and still be full of self, living totally for self and for uh, the pleasures of this world. You're, you're given over to the pleasure of the moment, so to speak. Every day is lived for today, for your own benefit, for your own glory. Now, in my case, again, um, that's where I was when the Lord began to uh, to deal with me. And and I, I, I this this is what He did. Somewhat like the horse in the stall, He He brought me into submission by, by convincing me, like I say, it's pretty, pretty similar in a lot of ways, by convincing me <laughs> of who is really in charge. Who's at the top of the pecking order? Whose will really uh, counts and really rules? Because here, here's the thing. <clears throat> and with human beings, yeah, it's, it's true to some extent with animals, but uh, with, with human beings, we all have a will. We all have a will. Now, outside of Christ, the will, our, our decision-making faculty, is, is totally self-seeking and self-motivated. Every, everything we do is about me, about me. So what has to happen is the Lord has to bring our will into submission to His will. Now, I wanted, I wanted a spirited horse. That's not a bad thing. Spirited horse is a good thing. I mean, if you like, if if you like a uh, a good ride, you know. You want the you want to, you want the thing to run. You want him to have the the, the energy and you know you want a you want a spirited horse, but you don't want an out of control horse. You want one submitted to you, right? I had a little Shetland pony one time. I tried to kill my brother-in-law. You know, I was just a little kid at the time, but he was too big to be on it. I don't know why he got on the thing, but but uh, you know it, it it purposely went under a very low limb. And uh, <laughs> my sister was almost a widow, but at a young age. But no, but they, horses will do that kind of thing. Spirited is good. Out of control is not good. So you got to bring them into control. Now the Lord doesn't do away with our will. We are still uh, human beings with a human will. But he does bring it into submission. Children of the kingdom, the citizens of the kingdom are meek in that they are submitted to the will of the Father. Just like Jesus. That's how Jesus was, wasn't he? Um, he said, now obviously we don't do it perfectly and Jesus did it perfectly. Uh, Jesus said, uh, John 8.29 
I always do those things that please Him. I always do that, those things that please Him. He, he lived, walked, acted in perfect submission to the Father. Perfect submission. He said of Himself, I am meek, right? In the prophecy of Him, riding on a donkey, I'm meek and lowly, right? Meek. Not that He had no strength, and certainly not that He was weak, but that He was submitted to the will of the Father. Now, in Jesus' case, we're told that... uh, For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame. He was submitted to the Father's will, even to the point of death. Now, one of the things that's interesting about that is, is that His submission to the Father governed His dealing with other people. His his submission to the will of the Father defined his relationship or relationships with those around him. Now you just take for a minute the the Pharisees and the others who uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, the scribes, the lawyers who who opposed him vehemently at times wanted to kill him. Now now think for a moment. Jesus is the Lord of glory. <laughs> and at any moment, I mean, it didn't, this didn't appear to be the case, but it was the case. At any moment, He could have annihilated everybody that opposed Him. When John and James wanted to call down fire from heaven, I mean, He could have given the okay for that. I mean, I'm just saying He had the power to do it. But that wasn't Father's will. And He told them, you don't know what spirit you're of. There there was no meekness in James and John at that point. Their their relationships with their fellow man uh, at, at that point was not being governed by submission to the will of the Father. But Jesus was. And so He says, you know, we're not doing that. And when he was being interrogated by Pilate, and Pilate says, don't you know I have the power to kill you or to set you free? Don't you know that Jesus could have just really set him straight right there about who has the power? I mean, he did tell him. He said, you know, you, don't, you wouldn't have any power that wasn't given to you by my Father. But why did he submit? Why did he submit to the Jews when they came to arrest him? Why did he submit to Pilate when Pilate finally determined to crucify him? Why did he submit to the Roman soldiers when they led him away to be crucified and when they nailed him to the cross? Because it was the will of the Father. And because it was necessary for our salvation. 
And because Jesus was meek. Not weak. No, no weak man willingly endures suffering of the cross. You might be forced to. You might be weak and you might be forced to go through something that, like that, but you don't do it willingly if you're weak. And Jesus did it willingly. He did it because He was meek. And He's saying that this quality is characteristic of believers. Of the truly blessed. Blessed are the meek. The saddle broke. They've been brought into submission to the will of someone else. And that, of course, is God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, let me just say something briefly about, about this. <clears throat> I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, um, the meek would like to contest the will. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> I think they were saying that we're not happy. They were assuming, first of all, that they were the meek. And secondly, they were saying, we're not happy with the earth. You know, we would rather have something uh, better left to us. Well, they, they, I know it was intended to be a joke, but they missed the whole point. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, that word earth in Old and New Testament can be translated land. Sometimes is, often is land. And when Jesus stands before a crowd of Jews and talks about inheriting the land, what comes in their mind immediately, and I think is exactly what Jesus meant, um, they're relating it to the promised land. Of course, they're thinking Canaan and Jesus is... Uh, he's not talking about Canaan. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. But he is talking about the covenant promise. Except he's talking about the the, the full realization of it, uh, not not the literal geographic, you know, Canaan land, but uh, the kingdom of heaven. Who who inherits the promised land? Who inherits the kingdom of heaven? Who inherits inherits uh, uh, you know figurative, figuratively we could say. Um, uh, the land of Canaan, or Beulah land. Who inherits it? The meek. What, what I'm saying is here, he and, and they would have recognized this, is he's talking about a covenant, covenant promise that they are familiar with. Now they don't they don't understand it rightly, but they've been brought up in Judaism and they know about the covenant and they know about the covenant promises. Just for example. Um, well, let me give you one reference there. Uh, that is a reference uh, to uh, Psalm 37:11, okay, uh, which says, let me find it real quick. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Psalm 37:11. Here's another one in Isaiah 1 when the children of Israel are being rebuked for their rebellion. The Lord, through the prophet, says to them, If you are willing and obedient. And again, that's important because it's talking about submission. If you are willing and obedient, 
You shall eat the good of the land. He's saying you, you will enjoy the covenant promises if you are willing and obedient. This is what Jesus has in mind, I think, when He's saying this. And I think that's obvious to the Jews. They knew, Again, they knew exactly what He's talking about. So, Jesus again is saying, these are characteristics of those who inherit the covenant promises. They're poor in spirit. Poverty-stricken, spiritually speaking. You may, monetarily, you may be... You may be destitute or you may be wealthy, but that's kind of irrelevant. The question is, where are you at spiritually? And those who inherit the kingdom are poor in spirit, poverty-stricken. They have nothing to offer God. Nothing to have, nothing in and of themselves to have confidence in. Those who shall be comforted by inheriting the kingdom are those who mourn over their condition of poverty. Their spiritual impoverishment. They mourn over that. And the meek, the saddle broke, the ones who have been brought into submission by the power of God, by the work of the Holy Spirit, they shall inherit the earth. Now, I said earlier I was going to use, uh, just use my own experience a little bit. Let me just do this quickly. And I'll, uh, I, I remember, uh, <clears throat> I'm, not, uh, I'm not good at, at uh, eloquence, you know. Anyway, so, uh, it, it, I mean, if you think it's that way now, let me tell you, it didn't start out that way either. Um, my prayer, when, when the Lord uh, kind of, I, I like to use the... the uh, the term, pin me down. Um, my prayer was this, and I do distinctly remember this. I remember, I remember looking up and saying, uh, Lord, from here on out, I just want to do it Your way. Now, that's not a very, very good prayer, certainly not an eloquent prayer, but, but what was happening there was I was brought into submission. You know, just like the horse finally dropping his head and turning and facing me, uh, my, my neck just went limp at that point. And, uh, you know, I was acknowledging there's, there's, there's someone, by the grace of God, there's someone <laughs> who's in control, and it's not me. And Lord, I just want to do it Your way. Blessed are the meek. That's, that's a characteristic of of saved people. They live in submission. They have been broken. And they live in submission to the will of God. Now again, I don't want to be misunderstood there. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not... It's kind of like what we were talking about in our biblical manhood and womanhood class. You know, it's... Uh, and we'll be getting more into that, Lord willing, but uh, a lot of times our thoughts go immediately. You know, when we talk about the role of men, the role of women, okay, our thoughts go immediately to application, you know, how that plays out. But we've but we got to back up 
first, before we talk about application, let's back up and first talk about um, you know disposition, mindset. How, how do we think about these things? And then we can begin to, uh, you know, when our, when our mind gets right with the Word of God, then we, it, things will begin to work out as far as conduct. You know, we, we tend to get it backwards. You know, it's like we, we, we want to go out there and do something, and we're still thinking all wrong, and that just contaminates everything we do. So, so for example, uh, there was a guy I worked with one time, and, and he was just a young young guy, and he was just a rebellious, disrespectful. And uh, he he had a habit, obviously his daddy or somebody had taught him, but everybody he spoke to just about, yes ma'am, yes sir. It's ironic, isn't it? Because I mean, he, he yes ma'am, yes sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am, no sir. But then he was just one of the most disrespectful, rebellious guys. See what I'm saying? But he was he was saying he was doing something that looks meek, right? But his his disposition, his attitude, if it's what I think it was, was contaminating what he's doing. So what what we want to fix first, by the grace of God, by the word of God, is get our thinking right. So what we're talking about here, just like in the manhood and womanhood class, is disposition, meekness. It's not okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, go around and be Mr. Milk Toast and and uh, and let everybody step all over me, and 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 then I will have accomplished. Kind of like Brother Carl was talking about earlier about humility. Uh, you know, uh, somebody gave him a badge that said humble or something like that. That's what you said, and you know, he went around, uh, you know, with his chest poked out and wearing it, and and uh, they took it away from him because he wasn't humble. So. <laughs> So, uh, I, I think it's just like that horse. It, it's, the horse has got to know, I mean, I, I could, and I didn't do this, okay, don't, don't call the authorities or Peter or anybody like that. But, I mean, I could, I could beat the horse, get a whip, whip it all day long. What has to happen is, not that, but, but if I can get it into his head that I'm the boss, then the rest of it will fall into place. I won't have to. I won't have to crack a whip and all that. If 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 he gets it up here, then that's where it counts. So we're talking we're talking about disposition. It, it doesn't always work out per- perfectly in our lives, but those who are saved are surrendered. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. If 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 you're in the kingdom, if you've inherited the land then you possess this characteristic. You're in submission to the will of God. The meek. Blessed are the meek. Happy are the meek. For they shall inherit the land. Happy are the poor in spirit. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying this is who it belongs to. People who are like this. Not just what we do, he's talking about who we are. Who we are. What's in our heart. How we think. Doing the will of God. Blessed are the meek, the saddle broke, the ones who have been brought 
into submission. The broken, the contrite. For they shall inherit the land. The covenant promises. God's, God's covenant blessings are theirs, Jesus says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for Your Word and for the instruction we, we get from it. We thank You for Your sanctifying grace. If we looked at these things here, Lord, as, as uh, purely law, things that we must do, in order to earn something or something like that, there would be no hope. But we, we see, Lord, in these passages, things that You are doing in Your people. These are marks of true believers. Things worked out in us by the power of Your Spirit. So, Lord, we we thank You. You give that which You require. And, Lord, You you reward us. We, We get the land, the covenant blessings, for work that You're doing in us. We thank You for it and pray, Lord, that You... Remind us, enable us to give You all praise and the glory. And Lord, uh, may we uh, just continue to be emptied of self. And Lord, may You fill us with Your Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.